0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: All right, you're gonna take me to a different place now. I love this song. God, I love this song. It's one of the greatest rap beats ever, right, Looney's, I got five on it. Mm-hmm. We in on that, all of us? Yep. Very good.
3: Very. The Phillies had five games to win two. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, what a spin! Right at Pat Costello, along with Michelle Smallman. How'd that work out, Smallman? That was a personal
3: attack. <laughs> <laughs> that was a
4: personal attack. At that Pat was
2: unsportsmanlike um, <laughs> yeah. here on ESPN Radio. Where's uh, the lie, though? <laughs> where's no the luck. lie? But that would hurt me. a from that when I was like, Ooh. (laughs) We are seen on ESPNU. We are heard on Sirius XM80, all the great stations across the country, the ESPN app. Yes, the World Series is set. You heard the call there. Book Shambi, ESPN Radio will have all the games of the World Series between... The Texas Rangers and the Arizona Diamondbacks just as we all predicted it would be. I had that in my World Series before the season. You guys did not know. No. Yeah, but I had that actually before the season. Man, you could have
3: made a lot of money cuz the <laughs> did D-backs anyone were, have that? The, the D-backs were 65 to 1 odds to win the NL. 65 to 1 to win the National League and get to the World Series.
4: Do you know there are, they were 125 to 1 to uh, 125 to 1 odds to win the World Series before the season starts. 125 That's to 1.
3: And they're brain.
2: there. I mean, they, they had the there. 12th best record in Major League Baseball this year. Yeah. They were 9-3 and three in the postseason. They win in seven games, 4-2 last night. They were down 2 nothing in this series. They were down 3-2 in this series. They go back to Philadelphia, dancing on their own, and they oh. end up beating the Philadelphia Phillies. Their bullpen last night, a huge three, a theme, five innings, one hit, no run, four strikeouts. Corbin Carroll with the RBI single at 2-2 to go to 3-2. Had the sack fly at 3-2 to go to 4-2, and that was the game right there. The Philly top half of that lineup was terrible with Schwarber, uh, Trey Turner, Bryce Harper. One of 11, a walk and three strikeouts. The one hit was by Kyle Schwarber. Um, the one walk was by Schwarber as well, so it's really just him. The other two did not do anything. World Series starts Friday. Arizona and Texas, of course, all of the action on ESPN Radio. And we've been asking the question today in the Dr Pepper inbox at eight 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 say ESPN. Collapse or comeback? I know you two think comeback, give the Diamondbacks the credit here.
3: No doubt about it. And the game was won right there with Brandon Fott in the bottom of the fourth when you had traffic on the bases. He found a way to wiggle out of that inning. He had runners at the corners with one out. He ends up striking out Castellanos. Then after walking Brandon Marsh, he ends up striking out uh, Johan Rojas. And that's the situation right there where you need your pitchers to get big outs. You need guys to be able to have put out pitches and for Fott to find a way to literally fought through it and, and and get that get through that inning and get the ball to the bullpen and let those guys do their thing. To me, that was absolutely incredible. And conversely, if you're the Phillies, when you have that kind of traffic, you got to be able to do some damage. You got to be able to put up more than just one run in that inning. And the fact that they didn't was a big reason why that team came up on the wrong side of that Game 7 last night.
4: Yeah, and this has been their calling card all postseason Arizona, whether it was uh, sending them to the DS by beating Milwaukee. They were trailing by runs in Games 1 and 2 and found a way to claw back. Like, this has been who they are. So I don't want to take that away from them just because the Phillies' bats went quiet. I'm going to give credit to Arizona's pitching for stepping up in that big moment, especially – in Philly. And how often have we talked about the Philly crowd so far this postseason? We said it's been the ultimate X factor. It's one of the great and intimidating environments in sports. And for Arizona, a young team, to be able to go in and beat the Phillies, I'm going to give them all the credit in the world for that.
2: Can you still say that about the Philly fans? They just lost games six and seven at home.
4: Um, that's the team, though. I'm not going to say that. Well, I'm saying that's not going, an indictment that's on the, not an indictment no, on the no, fans. No, 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 no. I'm
2: not going at the fans. I'm oh. saying when we're talking about home field advantage, and you lose games six and seven at home, not exactly a home field advantage. I still,
4: I still think that the crowd gives you um, an advantage. If I, I don't really know how to explain, it. like the crowd did their part, the team did not, but Arizona just didn't let it affect them. So credit to them.
2: Now, Pat Costello, our producer, has said that he would rather lose an elimination game. In nail-biter close fashion than getting blown out. Well, he got what he wanted under those circumstances last night. And Pat Costello, uh, we need to hear from you. Do we need to hear from him with the Phillies song in the
3: background? No, I don't know if we need. I'd rather acapella Pat Oh, acapella Costello. Pat? Yeah, with, okay. his, with his heart being ripped out of his chest. The song is in, so Indiana Jones-style Temple of Doom <laughs> with it actually beating. Oh, he, le- he left.
5: He well, left. He left. Uh, if you saw... If you a see on TV, he's not here anymore. He said, "I'm going to show Mad Dog how it's done," and he just left.
2: Wow! Wow! Is he allowed to do that? Well, he quit
5: on
3: us just like the Phillies quit on him last night. So what a I'm move. not surprised. What a move! I'm not surprised by him. Surprised it's by in their him. DNA. Yeah, I mean, listen, we go low; they go lower. That's that's what Philly sports fans do. Wow! Because you know. More often than not, they don't have a chance you know, to actually I, celebrate the ultimate prize. It's a yeah. rough
4: morning for Philly fans. Yeah. Come on. After what happened last year, you think everything's going our way. We're gonna get right back in the World Series. We're gonna win it. It's our year, we've got the song, we're dancing on our own, the vibes are high, it's coming through Philly.
3: Yeah, nah. And
4: then the Arizona Diamondbacks yeah. come in and beat you. I mean, yeah. it's a rough. But morning it's not just coming
3: and beat you. You were up 2-0 in the series. And then the D-backs won four of the final five games in the series with two of those games being the end of the series in Philly. Oh, uh, Wait. And now he's in the car. He's going to cry in the car.
2: He's dancing on he's his gonna own. He's going to cry, a- he gonna yeah, but cry in the car. Here's the thing, CeCe. <laughs> What's up? Giants lost 40 to nothing to the Cowboys. You were here the next day. Patriots have gotten blown out in games this year more than they ever have under Bill Belichick. I ain't. I ain't walking away. Smalls had her football team ripped out
3: from yeah, underneath we're her. Yeah, but we're not close to winning a championship, though. I
2: understand, but how do you walk away? Oh, now Pat's back. He's back now. It's okay. ESPNU, you can see Pat. How, how do he's you walk disgusting. away during he's, he's this, Pat? Guy. You can't just walk away during this.
6: Depression probably is the answer to that. Mm. It hurts, man. Well, it well, hurt. If but this, this is, is our what you therapy wanted, session,
4: I Pat. Let it out. you got to let it out, bud. You can't let it fester inside.
6: No, no, no. I'm going to let it fester and then I'm just going to be angry when the Sixers inevitably come up short or the Eagles inevitably come up short and then that's when I'll really explode.
2: This is not exploding? Just out of curiosity. (laughs) This is
3: imploding actually. Kind of like like his team. Like he's embodying what his team did in the championship series. Should we give him a reprieve on one thing, Pat?
2: Would you like to come to our Well, hold on, let me just ask (laughs) you. Would you like to come to our side and acknowledge that it would have been better off to give up ten runs in the first inning?
6: Absolutely not. I still had until the very last pitch of the game, I still had hope that like, all right, you know what? Maybe Jake Cave's going to get a single here. Kyle Schwarber's going to hit a home run. And then we're right back in it. And then maybe who knows what happens from there. Until that last out was actually caught, I still had a little bit of hope. It was still in there.
3: Pat, let me ask you this question because this is something that we haven't had a chance to touch on, but but how are the vibes from the Phillies fans toward Bryce Harper today? Mm. Like, You know what I'm saying? Because this, like, this is the dude that the Washington Nationals punted on in terms of, giving him a long term contract in the following year they win the World Series. And then back-to-back years, back-to-back disappointments in the championship rounds. How are Phillies fans feeling about Bryce Harper today?
6: Harper's done enough that he's got all the good vibes from the city. He's not the one that people are really pointing their fingers at. It's like ah, Harper didn't really show up, but he's shown up so many times before. It's really Nick Castellanos and guys like that. Trey Turner really came up short, and like like guys like that, where it's like, man, what happened? Like, how did this happen? How did all of a sudden we go twelve for fifty-one with mm. runners in scoring positions since game two? Like, mm. how do we just stop?
2: hitting completely. One, one of my favorite parts of this for those watching on the TV side on ESPNU is just watching Javante watch Pat. <laughs> yeah. that, I, I'm thoroughly enjoy, enjoying watching Javante sitting there, running the board, doing all the technical stuff for this show, Looking at Pat and just enjoying Pat's misery. Well,
4: because he's from Detroit, he knows the feeling, and his team's playing well right now in the Lions. Yeah, so Devontae's bra- on the other and side and of this.
3: Well, he's on the other side of it for now, for but now. he's bracing himself for the inevitable disappointment yeah. that is Michigan in the college football playoff, and that is the Detroit Lions once they get into the postseason. So
6: you think the direction that's, that's, of looks of change? a little harsh. No, yeah, it's, not, it's, it's not. Devontae's like, I well, why, I like is it, that why is it like, harsh? For me, though, sadness doesn't hit me anymore. Like I don't feel it when my team disappoint me because it's times. Well, you don't feel it because you're
3: not. Close to it right now. But as Pat Costello is showing you, once you get into the postseason with your football teams, then you'll actually feel it. Mm -hmm. Michigan is supposed to be good. Mm -hmm. They just smoked Michigan State 49 to nothing. What They're do, supposed to be good. What did the Lions are you, good. Yeah, no, Javante no, is, <laughs> is untrustworthy. Javante is untrustworthy. He's got this. He he's got he this smirk. No, 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 hold on, hold on, Let me let me talk. He's got this smirk on his face because he's laughing for free at Pat Costello's pain. And I don't think Javante should get away with it. I told you guys before at the beginning of this show that Javante was untrustworthy, <laughs> and nobody would listen to me. Nobody would agree with me. This is yet again another one of those moments where Javante is showing his true character by laughing at Pat Costello's pain. Nobody expects better from me because I didn't have, I didn't set that expectation for everybody. Everybody knew that I would take the low road when it came to Pat sports fandom, but nobody thought you would come from you, Javante. Nobody expected that you would stoop so low to laugh at Pat Costello's pain knowing that what kind of pain he's going through because you're a Lions and a Michigan Wolverines fan. And let me I, add I one thing to
2: this, CC. This is very – Javante, this has got to hurt because CC is very conscious of calling out character with a preface – sports character. Well, no, 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 no. He didn't they're, they're, do his radio character. No, no,
3: his character, period. His character. This is the guy that goes to a, a lunch that's held by the company or a dinner that's held by the <laughs> he company seconds. and orders well, two different meals, one one for him and one for a significant other. Like, that's, what, that's the kind of person that Javante is. He wants to take advantage of people. I that's who. That's that, what wow, he does so
6: far, but
4: he just knows that he's uh, doing something for his significant other, and she's like, "Thank you to my man. I got a fettuccine alfredo for dinner."
3: That, that's that's not the point of of company dinners, though. <laughs> The point well, of company dinners is for the employees <laughs> to enjoy each other and order a meal and yeah. break bread. It's not so you can break bread, then take some bread home to your wife or your husband or whatever. Leaving no. them for something. See no. that that See, again, character. That's what I'm talking about. Let me ask That's you this. What I'm talking
2: about. So my wife I'm talking had a had to go to a party not had to went to a party the other day. And they had a minimum at the party. You know how like, yeah, oh, to get this room, whatever you have to spend a certain amount. So at yeah. the end of the party they realize oh, we didn't spend it enough everybody orders stuff and she's like i didn't feel right ordering to bring it home and i was like oh god and she's like they had lobster mac and cheese i'm what? like what i would have loved that she's like, eh, i didn't want to do it should she have done that i think yes, yes you right? must don't
6: love you enough evan uh. <laughs> you know
2: So Javante is right. That's, You're what, gonna, that's now, what you
3: get, Evan, for trying to defend Javante. I tried to tell you who he is. He
2: just you went after my wife. Me. I'm telling Go you. Go after me. You just went after my wife. Wow. 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 wow.
4: Is that on the beef list now? Javante versus Evan? He's already, no. been, on from, he's only, he's already been
3: on the beef list. beef list. He's already been on the beef
4: list. versus Untrustworthy.
3: Javante. Is, I mean, is it? Is a bam. Difference? Is
2: That's it Javante. Javante versus my wife is now a beef? It's
3: Javante versus everybody. We need to get t-shirts from the show made up like that. Javante, <laughs> Javante versus everybody. Man, oh
2: man, Javante. So let's just point out what happened here. Let's rewind for a second. We all talked about the game last night, NLCS, as heard on ESPN Radio. Bugshambi with the final call, phenomenal job as always. Doug Lanvo on the call with him. We 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 take pride in Pat's pain. We then point out that Javante is enjoying Pat's pain. CC then points out Javante should not do that because his team stinking and it's going to come back around. Mm-hmm. To which Javante no, he teams don't stink. They're actually good. Oh, sorry, have stunk, but it could come back around. Yeah. Detroit fan, yeah. To then Javante going after my wife, saying she doesn't love me enough, yeah.
4: Everybody uh, yeah. updated. Dushy? Updated beefs. Everybody versus. I'm sorry. What was that, Pat?
6: I said, does she? Maybe he's right. Wow. I'm just asking. Wow. I didn't say he was right. I was just asking the question. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> there's no sportsmanlike. There's, <laughs> there's no
3: transition. <laughs> That's unsportsmanlike, and we should probably take this thing to break on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience—the formula for winning championships—is also what keeps your ride or die alive Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply.
5: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C e dot
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: Unsportsmanlike ESPN Radio alone. Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Let me just understand something. We just put a highlight package together with Deion Sanders, Greeny, and then we added our frenemy, Joe Fortenbaugh, at the end. Oh. What is Javante doing? I agree with you, CeCe.
3: I don't know what Javante's doing. I have no idea.
2: How does our frenemy, Joe Fortenbaugh, Carlin versus Joe, get in there? I don't, I don't understand that. What, what do you mean? I'm saying, like, he's he's had beef with us. Why are we putting him in our highlight packages and our you know that's, our audio?
3: I, I, mean, I, I mean, maybe that's Javante being passive-aggressive toward us. Good, is it like point. the
4: enemy of his enemy, a.k.a. us, is his friend? Exactly. So he's giving his friend shine?
3: Yeah, ah. something like you know that, saying? yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. He's trying to change the perception of it. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not a Javante problem. Maybe it's a us problem. Mm-hmm. Interesting. We'll keep an eye to on that, that. I would say I don't give a damn.
2: I think yeah, that you exactly. made that
3: clear. Exactly. And, and now, and now that I've wished all the bad things in sports to Pat Costello, I can Boom. now turn around and wish all the bad things in sports to Javante Lawrence,
2: a Michigan grad from the state of Michigan, whose yeah. team now is being accused of cheating. Deion Sanders, Colorado coach, um, spoke on this yesterday, before he went, by the way, to the Nuggets-Lakers game. and was <laughs> sitting there courtside with his son, Shadora, quarterback, and uh, Travis Hunter, wide receiver slash cornerback. Dion spoke on the Michigan
3: controversy. Everyone's trying to get an edge. I mean, everyone's trying to get whatever edge they can. Um, you could have someone's whole game plan. They could mail it to you. You still got to stop it. You still gotta stop it. So in football is it's not as pronounced as baseball. If I know a curveball is coming, I'm I'm yeah, I got you. You know, with with football, I don't give a darn if you know a sweep is coming, you still gotta stop it. Physically, you it's a physical game, you gotta stop it. So that that's a little tough. I don't buy into a lot of that stuff that someone's stealing this, stealing that. I don't I don't buy into a lot of that stuff. You still gotta play the game.
2: All right, there's Dion, two-time defending uh, national championship head coach Kirby Smart beat Michigan. Georgia did thirty-four, eleven in two thousand and twenty-one. Twenty-one. Uh, he had this to say about the Michigan situation yesterday as well. I guess the
7: necessary follow-up. That's obviously coming about Michigan. You played Michigan. You aware in retrospect or at the time of anything unusual? No, I didn't. I didn't notice anything or know anything. Nobody we talked to. You know, warned us or any of that. I mean, I think everybody we play, they say, they steal your signals. I mean, we play somebody, they always like, they're great at stealing your signals, but uh, what they're referencing is different than stealing them. I mean, they're, they're coming in, you know, like are talking about people coming to film them, that's completely different. But we've tried to, you know, hide the signals, hold the calls, put the signs up, do all that. But I, I don't, I there's nothing I remember about the Michigan game
3: that makes me think that.
2: All right, so no coach is going to try to throw him under the bus, probably because they have their own version of this as well. We would think that it's out there. But Michigan has Connor Stallions, who is an analyst, suspended by them. There's records now of him buying tickets to Big Ten games, non-Big Ten games. Is this a big deal? Do we think this is a big deal?
3: I don't think it's a big deal. And I put a lot of stock into what Coach Prime said because this is a guy that played football at the highest level, Hall of Famer, and played baseball at the highest level. So I just, if he's telling you that this is a different deal than sign stealing in baseball, then I take his word for it. And when it comes to football, Every team is looking to get a competitive advantage. Every team is trying to get more information about the plays that the opponents are running, even if it comes down to sign stealing. If you're a Big Ten team that's so concerned with Michigan stealing your signs – then why not send your plays in a different way? Mm -hmm. Why not have the wristbands like other college football programs do when they're running plays? Not just on the offensive side of the ball, on the defensive side of the ball too. That's something you can do, and you can change that from game to game because all you're telling the players to do is look down at the wristband. So if somebody is going to a game to advance scout you, guess what? When you're holding up the number one, they might think it's a certain coverage, but you can change it in that given week because you're working off of the wristband. So why are we so concerned about this? This is absolutely ridiculous, Smalls. I don't get it. Tens of thousands of people can see the signals that your coordinators are throwing up on the sidelines to send in the play. If you're so worried about sign stealing, then find another way. This doesn't have to be something that's allowed in college football.
4: Do you think we would think differently of it if this came out after they had won a national championship? Bingo. Because right now we're, we're looking at it and we're saying, well, everybody's doing it. But I go back to the Patriots. We always, and I think taping the walkthrough, the private walkthrough before the Super Bowl That's different. is absolutely different than what is happening here with Michigan when it's in the stadium and there's a million eyeballs on the signals. However, we place such importance on that because it was the Super Bowl. It wasn't week two. And I wonder if, if, College football is trying to get ahead of this now and uses this kind of a warning shot to Michigan to let other teams slash Michigan know if this is happening and it happens in a game that has a lot of magnitude surrounded by people are going to be upset.
2: I'm looking down at my phone because I want to see the exact text that Pat Costello sent our group, our producer last night, which was basically along the lines of what you just said. It's Pat saying, "I, I don't know why. I don't care about the Astros. I mean, I care. I don't care about Michigan, but I do care about the Astros. And the conversation comes to winning. That what, it, what he's saying. He doesn't care about the the Michigan cheating at all. Well, but he, he cares about the Astros. Cheating. Now there's different levels of the cheating. Different obviously. Levels of sophistication. They, they, were, they
3: were using the replay cameras and tra- it, it was it, okay. So I, I get what Pat is saying, and, and, but it's not apples to apples like in baseball, like Dion said it makes a difference in terms of your ability to know whether a fastball or a curveball is coming versus in football being able to know whether it's going to be a run or a pass. Even if you know it's a passing situation, doesn't mean as a defensive lineman I'm going to be able to sack the quarterback. You know what I mean? So I I think there are levels to this, and and I guess it's a nuanced conversation. But my point being, in baseball – it's hard to have an alternative system for the pitcher and the catcher to communicate. In football, there's an obvious solution. And that's why I don't understand why this has to be something in the rules that allots for teams to be able to communicate with using signals on the sidelines that shouldn't be able to be deciphered if the the opposing team has advanced scouts in the stands watching and recording your team's signals in any given week. I just think it's it's too much to ask the NCAA, to police this thing when everybody is doing it. I think in this this instance, it's more about an axe to grind with Jim Harbaugh Mm -hmm. because we couldn't get more on him with the recruiting scandal and because Michigan went with the self-imposed discipline as opposed to accepting the NCAA discipline that they wanted to levy. I think this is their opportunity to get some retribution for Jim Harbaugh for flying in the face of whatever agreement that they were supposed to come to at the beginning of the season, but so I do so think they're the taking the winning. Back no some matters. control,
2: yeah, but don't you? I, I just want to go back to what Small said. It, the winning to me matters because even when you apply the same infraction, so you don't you don't have different levels of infraction. The winning, like the New York Jets, had a spy spygate in, incident and a deflate gate incident. Does anybody know that? Nobody knows that because they didn't win, right? So I think if Michigan wins this year, I agree with everything that you guys are saying relative to, like, this doesn't feel like that big of a deal. If they win a championship this year, I do wonder how people are going to approach that. Whether or not they retroactively change their opinions, like, oh, they won – but they were cheating.
4: I'll, I'll tell you this. I went to the University of Illinois. We, we lost North Carolina. The academic scandal where the players weren't going to classes at North Carolina and they just got like a baby slap on the wrist because they're earners. A lot of people at Illinois always point to that. Well, you know, they weren't following the rules and imagine if they would have actually had to be suspended. The outcome could have been different. Now, we're the University of Illinois, so a lot of people aren't you know taking pity on us and, and listening to what we have to say. But Michigan and Jim Harbaugh, is, they are big. They, this is a legacy brand with a polarizing and a very famous coach. Everybody knows who Jim Harbaugh is. He's a character. He's been in the NFL. He is now the leader of a program that people care about. And a lot of people subsequently are looking for reasons not to like him or to want to discount his success. And if they are to win it all, there is going to be a lot of gray area surrounding his victory.
2: I agree with you. And I think that the reaction today amongst fans may not be the same reaction in January. That we may retro... Not saying from you, Chris, or from Michelle or myself. I think the average everyday fan listening to our show right now could change their reaction to this quote-unquote scandal if they win it all. Because they'll say, well, would they have won it all if they didn't do so, this let me stuff. Say,
3: let me get this right. This goes yeah. back years, and Kirby Smart was talking about their head-to-head matchup in 2021 in the yeah. college football playoff, where Michigan got smoked, Correct. 34 to 11. If Michigan gets to the college football playoffs and beats Georgia or beats other SEC teams on their way to a national title, you mean to tell me that I'm supposed to view their championship differently?
2: No, I'm saying that fans will. I yeah. really do, you do think believe that, that fans would absolutely. view it differently, 100, absolutely, because we hate we hate the champs. We always try to tear people down. We always try to find an excuse or a reason or whatever it is, and I think that's what's going to happen. If I don't Michigan think it's about. I don't
3: think it's about tearing champions down as much as it is about tearing Jim Harbaugh down. Well, if I he's think, a champion, I think, I, think, yeah. I think the shrapnel that that might potentially hit the program is is th- that's the afterthought. I think the 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 overarching theme here is. Jim Harbaugh agreeing with the NCAA on what a suspension was supposed to be for alleged recruiting violations and then saying, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do my own self-imposed discipline and miss the first three games as opposed to whatever they wanted him to miss. And then I'm going to come back and coach. And there's not going to be a damn thing you can do about it. We always say that that part with Ward Manuel and Jim Harbaugh, it feels like this is – this is a part of that attack. Now, it could be Michigan paying a stupid tax mm-hmm. for being overt in the way that they're stealing signs as opposed to other programs around college football. But you mean to tell me I'm supposed to believe that Michigan is the only one trying to steal no. signs, trying to report no. signs reason... in NCAA football when there are 120 programs? Give me a freaking break.
4: There's a reason the other coaches, their language is very specific 100%. when they talk yeah. about this. Because 100%. they know that they probably have some sort of similar system. As
2: we always say, two things can be true. <laughs> right, it could be they're going after Harbaugh, but that people's perception changes if they win it all.
8: Coming, coming up, I'm for it.
2: Next on Sportsman like ESPN Radio.
8: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com/unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp slash unsportsmanlike We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but
2: sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any We are presented by Progressive Insurance, insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Pat Costello always tells us, our producer, that he's over things. So negative. We needed to counter that. Smalls is for things. I'm for it with Michelle Smallman right now.
4: Yeah, let's do a little positive programming, guys. We we have Pat come in and tell us all the things he hates every day. Why don't we talk about some of the great storylines happening in sports? Let's start with your ALCS MVP, Adolis Garcia.
3: There's no way that I am pitching to this guy right here, right now. In a
7: 6-2 game, 2-0 pitch to Garcia, runners at second and third. Hits it on the ground and through. Carter with his speed, rounds third, and two will score as Seeger steps on it. Then Carter... And Adolis Garcia is three for three tonight. Texas is destroying Houston pitching. They lead it eight to two
4: in the fourth. So the Rangers and Diamondbacks meeting in the World Series is very improbable. Both were underdogs. But how about Garcia's story, guys? You want to talk about an underdog to get to the ALCS MVP? Mm-hmm. He was originally signed by the Cardinals in 2017. They DFA'd him in 2019. The Rangers picked him up. Then they DFA'd him as well. They eventually re-signed him to a minor league contract. And then he asserted himself in spring training, got a spot on the team. But for him in the ALCS to hit... 357 with five home runs Mm. and 15 RBI as a guy that was DFA'd twice. Quite the story.
3: Yeah, he absolutely bludgeoned the Houston Astros, and he's been one of the the heartbeats, one of the catalysts of that offense. And when you look at what makes the Texas Rangers viable for winning a World Series, it's the length in their lineup, and all guys one through nine can hurt you. Garcia is at the heart of that. So shout out to him for being able to to have that kind of impact and essentially – Carry his team to a World Series.
2: Are we saying he's the new Nelson Cruz? Because Nelson Cruz had the same story: who had a million or has had a million home runs in baseball. That's where, a good comp. Yeah, he was that like, is a good comp. Wait, he was on this team. He was on that. He got cut by what? Like, and then he ends up with not a Hall of Fame career, but like kind of a borderline Hall of Fame career. Seven-time All-Star, a gazillion home runs. I know it's early for Garcia, but that's the first name that came to mind when when you said that.
4: But this is what you love about sports, guys that you don't expect to be the hero stepping up on the big stage Mm -hmm. and coming through for their team. Now, let's talk a little bit about another team that has the Creed tie-in because we know the Texas Rangers they're playing Creed before games to yeah. hype them up so are the Minnesota Vikings Kirk Cousins is kind of leading the charge for that guys he's telling his teammates there's more than just hire for Creed they have a better catalog but Kirk Cousins <laughs> made a statement do on Monday that, apparently according to Kirk Cousins <laughs> they do Oh, I think with open arms, right? That's the other one? Oh, yeah, or with arms, arms wide, wide open. open. See, I don't even know. I don't exactly. Even know anyway, Kirk Cousins is using that Creed vibes to help the Minnesota Vikings, especially in their big win over the San Francisco 49ers, 22-17 victory. Without Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins threw for 378 yards and two touchdowns. And Kirk O'Chains is back, my friends. We know last year we saw Kirk with the chains that his teammates would gift him. And after the big victory over the 49ers, Justin Jefferson came. You can see it on the TV side and gave kirk cousins the top 10 chain after the game
3: i'm in on that kirk cousins with the top 10 chain he's got top 10 production at the quarterback spot although nobody would include them include him in their top 10 i mean maybe we have to start looking at this guy differently if they keep winning games without justin jefferson although i will say jordan addison their first round pick Pretty good at football, confirmed on Monday night. So
2: two things on this. One, if you were to take the years 2015 through this year, because that's when he became a full-time starter, and you were to look at those years, eight, nine years, whatever it is, and you were to say rank the top ten quarterbacks in that time, Kirk Cousins is definitively in that top ten. When you look at that body of work and you compare him to others over that period of time, he's good numerically every single year. Second thing, question for both of you off of your story. When you hear Creed, do you think of Apollo or or the music group? Because I when you just brought up Creed, I'm thinking of Apollo Creed and the Rocky movies. I'm thinking I think, like I think about Jordan. Creed and Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. where my mind went. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be interesting.
4: I think I go for the band just because it's in, in my consciousness right now. They have one sports.
2: song. They have yeah, one I song. I go Michael B. Jordan yeah. and Apollo Creed and the Rocky movies. Like Isn't there a I Creed thought you were cologne? about to do a, a Rocky story.
4: Really? Yes. Even though we've talked way, about way it with more the Texas Rangers.
3: Way more
2: hits in the Creed movie than the Creed catalog. 100%, 100%. Way more hits. Well, it is a boxing movie. Huh? <laughs> Okay. Oh my God! I know that was but, so again dagging. corny jokes over okay, here, okay. not over there.
4: <laughs> but you know, I love another thing about Kirk Cousins is how much his teammates seem to love him. Mm. That they, this is the guy that wears the flannels. He's talking about Cole's cash, and they bring the swag out of him. They give him the chains. I love when people love their teammates, and Kirk Cousins seems to be that guy. Did you have anybody on your Giants teams, Cowboys teams, Ravens teams that everybody just seemed to love and want to do nice things for? Oh him? yeah, we had
3: a lot of guys. I mean, Terrell Suggs. How could you not love that guy? I mean, not only was it a Dan Damn good football player but he was fun as hell to hang out with some of that stuff is uh is cataloged on uh, his show ballers so if people yeah, he's now with,
2: he's now in uh, washer
3: dryer sales mean I'm just putting it I'm just putting this out there I mean Terrell Suggs I'm not breaking news but Terrell Suggs Really, really fun guy to hang around in the locker room.
4: I love that. All right, let's swing to the last thing, guys. So we debuted the Frozen Frenzy on ESPN, the hockey coverage getting another boost here at ESPN. It's essentially the red zone version of hockey. Mm -hmm. John Buccigrass is amazing on it. And he got a little nice note from a friend at another network congratulating he and Kevin Weeks on this new project. Here's what it looked and sounded like.
1: And as you can see, we're going to have uh, we're going to handle the triple header over here. And then uh, Bucci and Weeksy are going to take care of the frozen frenzy, which has everyone buzzing. As you guys know, everybody's saying this is the NHL's version of the NFL Red Zone, which is hosted by America's darling and sweetheart, <laughs> Mr. Scott Hansen, and Here he is. To John
7: butcher and all my friends at ESPN that are starting Frozen Frenzy, it's your guy Scott Hansen from NFL Red Zone. Bucci, quick word of advice, if I, if I might. I think you'll find hosting this is a lot like hockey. You keep your head on a swivel, you have fast, tight shifts as you transition from game to game, and be willing to sacrifice your body. When the action is frenzied and you can't get up to take a break, just consider it An overtime challenge for your bladder. (laughs) Seriously, Bucci, you know the game. You love the game. You respect the players and the coaches. And I know you love bringing the audience absolute excellence every time you're on the air. So have a great season, and we'll be watching. See, this is
2: great because Love I initially that. thought this was going to the place and my initial comment was going to be, it's so nice. Let's just all congratulate each other, not have beef, whatever it is. Who cares what part of the world you're in? Yeah. Like, be nice. Be- this was all about peeing. Yeah. That's <laughs> what this is. This was all about the fact that Scott Hansen famously on Sundays for eight hours never uses the restroom. Yeah, That's what that was about. More, more
3: impressive what Scott Hansen does or what Mel Kuyper Jr. does during the draft because he does not get up to use the bathroom And either. eats a pumpkin pie at the end of exactly. it every year. More impressive.
4: Ooh, I, would, I would say what Scott Hansen does because it's week to week to week throughout the entire Fair. season. Mel Kiper Fair. just has to execute it a couple days a year.
3: But it's back-to-back days. Yeah, but here's yeah. what I'll say. As somebody that, <laughs> loves, that loves the yeah. NFL draft, I love the it's NFL draft. It's actually three days in a row now.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a long time. That's
3: a long time. Mel Kiper <laughs> is
2: king to me. No matter what, Mel Kuyper wins. Oh, the hair alone.
3: Mel, I, the I, hair alone. Perfectly quaffed hair. Mel Kuyper. One of the coolest no things about
2: now being a part of this amazing ESPN family is that at some point, we will have the opportunity to talk to Mel Kuyper. Yes. And Mel Kuyper is awesome. And the show he does on the weekends, Daria Mel, is phenomenal. Here yeah, and ESPN he has Radio. no problem
3: crushing your football takes at all. Good. Mel, 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 Mel Kuyper is coming for your neck every single time he can't, comes on the show.
2: Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> can't wait. Coming up, Wendy in studio next.
5: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: NBA started last night. You heard it here on ESPN Radio. ESPN app has the best podcast there is, the Hoop Collective. You guys know I'm pretty obsessive with the Hoop Collective. Uh huh? Brian Winhorst is here. He is the leader of the pack. McMahon, Bontemps, everybody a part of it. Also, strongly urge people to listen to the interview with Rich Paul this week. Wendy and Rich Paul, an hour, great listen. And Wendy joins us in studio right now. Let's start with this. You are one of one, I think, and I think you have good reason on this, as to why you didn't jump for joy around the Giannis Bucks extension. You didn't think it was great for everybody. Explain that.
0: Well, he is on the record in August as saying, listen, if this organization – doesn't get on the same page as me. Maybe I have to go somewhere. He is on the record at Media Day saying, you know, it makes more sense fiscally, which it does, to wait a year. And then he makes a complete 180. Um, that was not something I was expecting. Now, look, it's great for the Bucks Because I question um, the strategy doesn't mean I don't think it's great for the Bucs. I don't I want to split that hair. But it was a big surprise that Giannis would lock himself in like that because we just saw his teammate, Dame Lillard, lock himself in, and then when things went sideways, and mm. again, I don't expect that to happen, but when things went sideways, he had no leverage. He couldn't get what he wanted. And so here's Giannis, who had maximum leverage, and he's, you know he, and when he explained why he did, he said, well, I didn't want to go city to city and have to hear about that. Okay, that's a reasonable thing to say. But he just gave an interview like a two months ago where he opened that door with his own words. So I, I'm not like... He, Obviously, he can do whatever he wants, but it didn't quite you know, follow all the, the way he had been talking and thinking.
3: Wendy, I, I know that anything can happen. It's a long regular season. Anything in the way of injuries can take place. But is it wrong to look at the Eastern Conference as a two-team race between the Boston Celtics and the Bucks?
0: Right now, no. I think the um, there's upside that exists for the Sixers. I actually think the Sixers were really close to being in the finals last year. And I don't know. I think Denver would have won, but I think it would have been interesting. I mean, they're in Game 6 up 3-2, on their home court, ahead in the fourth quarter. And Embiid and Harden fumbled the bag. They and, T-
3: and Tatum went off.
0: Tatum went off, and he was like 2 of 17, and you know then he got hot. you got to close that game. They closed that game. They're in the conference finals against Miami, a team they've had success against. I don't think they were a world away, which is why I really think that James Harden should have come back and played. But So I am a, I'm higher on the Sixers than I think some people are, but right now... They're not there. The Knicks also have upward mobility. I don't see who that player they're going to trade is right now. (laughs) But I didn't necessarily think there were certain things going to happen. I didn't necessarily think Durant was going to get traded to the Suns a year ago. Yeah, that's fair. So I – There's some teams that can join that pack, but right now I do think it's a two-team. Wendy,
3: just to follow up, because you did bring up James Harden, how do the Sixers handle the James Harden of it all?
0: They name Tyrese Maxey their starting point guard, and they move forward, and they become a highly competitive team into the future, and they try to win a trade. You know, a couple years ago with Ben Simmons, I think most people would have said, there's no way they're going to get out of this. It's going to end up a mess. They ended up figuring it out, and I'm not guaranteeing they're going to figure it out, but... They have a very good, quote-unquote, backup plan. It's not like they're desperate. They are in a decent position. I think Maxi can be good. I like the rest of their team. They have the MVP. I think they are going to be, quote-unquote, fine until they're able to figure out an exit strategy.
4: And where do you think James Harden will end up?
0: Um, I'm not sure because I don't see a natural trade with the Clippers that exists right now. Mm. Um, I think one of the things that could happen is the Clippers could sort of change where their thought process is, and or the Sixers could change what their thought process is. That's common. Uh, what you feel in October isn't the way you always feel in December, um, but I don't see a, a natural trade there. I think there potentially could be some other teams get involved. I think four teams called the Sixers when Harden opted into his contract and basically asked for a trade. And so... There was more teams than just the Clippers. That's where he wants to go because he wants to go someplace where he wants to live. And where his bird rights can be valuable and get re-signed next year, but there may be more teams that have interest in talking to the Sixers. Maybe not today, but maybe in you know forty-five days.
2: Talk with Brian Windhorst, of course, ESPN NBA Insider Hoop Collective podcast. Just this past week alone, you get Rich Paul on that, and also you get the Wind Strap, which is hysterical, by the way, with Wendy Bob, Temps, and McMahon trying to figure out the draft on the podcast, which was that's <laughs> worth the I, listen in itself. I don't
0: understand a snake draft; I get lost all the time. <laughs> Literally,
2: that was the whole thing. So, Wendy. Uh, when you look at some of the teams that took some quote unquote risks this year, every year in the NBA, teams take risks, and sometimes we have, or every year we have one team at least that it doesn't work out. Whether it's Phoenix, Boston depleting their depth, Milwaukee with Drew Holiday, maybe the Warriors with Chris Paul, is there a team that you're targeting saying, I don't know if this is going to work out?
0: I, I think Philadelphia is the team that's playing with fire. I know th- their risk was that they didn't get James Harden into a situation where they extended where they could get him taken care of. When they let that get to a hostile place, they bring Joel Embiid's future into question. I think, you know, Joel has been absolutely playing the good Boy Scout. He is saying all the right things. He is, you know, saying, oh, boy, I, I don't know what's going on. Golly gee, I guess we'll just go out <laughs> there. And, you know, and I, I think that's absolutely a strategy. He doesn't want to make it look like he's taking a side against Harden or taking a side with the team or against the team. And I think he's going to go out there and just like, I'm going to try to play great again. And I think if the if they don't, if it doesn't work out with Harden, I think the Sixers have a problem there. I think they have the most skin in the game. And then I think secondly, the Clippers, because they have not extended – Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard, and they can be free agents. Not that I think they're going to walk, but I do think that there is a lot of uncertainty what's happening um, with them. So both of those teams, ironically, could do business together, which is one of the reasons why maybe a deal does get done there because both of them are facing a a more trying set of circumstances.
2: Quick follow-up on that, very quickly on that. So if Joel Embiid walks into Daryl Morey, the president of the team's office today, and says, if James is not out of here by tonight, I'm asking out tomorrow. Does he get traded today?
0: Yeah, but I think Joel has taken the exact opposite approach to that. Mm-hmm. I think he wants to see how the season plays out and then at the end of the season make that evaluation. I don't think he wants to be seen. You know, the thing about Dame Lillard Dame Lillard extracted himself from Portland without really having any. Tarn, you know, he didn't get tarred and feathered. Mm-hmm. And I think Joel, I think he wants to win in Philly. Yeah. But if things go sideways this year, I think he wants to be able to have an off-ramp where he doesn't look like the bad guy. And so I think he will execute this season with that in mind. Interesting.
3: Wendy, so tonight we get to see the debut of arguably the most hyped prospect to come into the league since LeBron James. The Spurs are taking on the Mavs. What does the su- success look like for Victor Webin and Yama and the Spurs in year one?
0: So, guys, I a piece published on ESPN yesterday. Why compare LeBron's first preseason in 2003 to Victor's? Not comparable. LeBron was—I don't want to say he was not good. He did not have a good preseason, mm. okay? He looked shaky. His shot was – he made some great passes. He had some highlights. That game that he played in Sacramento that you may remember from 20 years ago. I do, yep. Where he had 25 points at this point. That was a surprise. We did not see that coming. Victor has been awesome. If anything that's happened in this preseason, the Spurs, who sort of came into the year with their backup trying to protect their guy, like Popovich even said, like – He's done so good that I'm kind of letting him go a little bit. Victor is, you know, I don't want to say he's running his mouth, but, like, Victor has a way of being a little bit arrogant, but because of the way he speaks, it doesn't come off that way. I've seen this happen seven or eight times. Like, the the, the conversation you had with Malik Andrews last week, like, he honestly believes he's going to do great. He's like, I think I'm ready, and I kind of agree. Now, what I will say is this. I don't think the Spurs are good. (laughs) That's what happened with the Cavs and LeBron. LeBron started that season with those Cavs 4-15. The Spurs might be a little bit better, but I don't know if they are going to be. They do have some interesting young players. They're kind of playing what I think is a ridiculous experimental lineup with four forward centers and one shooting guard. That's what they're starting. Mm -hmm. So I think they're going to take it on the chin, but I think he's going to be awesome. And I'm going to tell you right now, November 14th. November 14th, San Antonio Spurs at Oklahoma City Thunder. I am telling you right now. Victor Wembanyama and Chet Holmgren are primed to be hated rivals. And I Ooh. said hated. Mm. They do not like each other. Mm. Watch for that game and all those games. That could end up being the most interesting Spurs games of the year. Ooh. I could do this all day. With you. I'm like a like, like Wendy super fan. He's you guys best.
2: know it. The podcast is awesome. Hoop Collective, ESPN.com, ESPN NBA Insider. You'll see them on Get Up. First take, all of the ESPN programming. Wendy, thank you so much for the time. We do appreciate it. We're in that trade mode, right? We're talking about some of the trades with James Harden. Well, the deadline is next week in the NFL, so we got to get into trade mode with the NFL as well. Windy probably wants his Browns to add a running back and maybe a quarterback. We'll get to that coming up on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio.
1: Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on SiriusXM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.